Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Well, good morning, everyone. Ah, it's so good to see all of you here. I'm so excited about today. I mean, anytime the Spice of Life team shows up with food, it's a, it's a great day, right? I just want to thank all of you. During this Pastor Appreciation Month, you guys have been so gracious and generous. And man, I tell you, we tangibly feel the love. And it's such a blessing to be a part of this congregation and this family. And, you know, I think that the thing that if I could uh, say would characterize this, this body of believers is love. And... Uh, I don't want to cry, so I'm going to try to move on here. <laughs> but thank you guys so much. You know how much we love you, and we know how much you love us. And it's a, as uh, Christopher Sherrod would say, it's a beautiful thing. And uh, so thank you for all that you do, and, and thank you for your expressions of love and, and kindness, as always. I mean, not just during Pastor Appreciation Month, but throughout the entire year. And uh, so I just wanted to say thanks for that. So I want to just share a couple of things before we get into the, the heart of the message this morning. And uh, uh, I want to thank you for choosing to join us online and be here this morning. And when we talk about live it, we know that that means that we are to live out what we say we believe as believers, not just talk about it. And so that's a 24-7 thing. We live it out on Sunday mornings when we come and life groups and throughout the week. And this morning's uh, service is, What is Hallow's Eve? And um, it, it's a very different message this morning that uh, when we first learned about Halloween and the background on that, it changed our life. It changed our perspective. So I'm not going to talk too much about that right now. But this, this series, Live It, is all about becoming spiritually mature believers and uh, knowing the word, knowing the the biblical principles and truths that we that we follow in the Bible help us to grow and mature in the Lord. And last week I taught on James uh, from James chapter 3, talked about wisdom, and our core scripture for this series is James 1:22, which James writes, "Do not just listen to God's word, you must do what it says, otherwise you're only fooling yourselves." And so again, uh, we're going to be talking about what is Hallow's Eve and uh, like I said a while ago, this, when, it, when we learned this teaching, it changed our life. It changed our perspective on some things. So would you please welcome my lovely bride, Pastor Christine. She's going to be sharing with us this morning. Okay. Good morning. I'm so glad to have this honor to come up here and for two reasons. One, it gives my husband a breather and Two, it makes me stand up here and face y'all. Mm. When we, Pastor Mark and I, realized that the fifth Sunday was falling on October 31st, he said, hey, will you teach? And, um, you know, I quickly said yes. And the reason, I thought he was going to preach what I was going to teach, um, the reason that he asked me to teach is, as he said, years ago, I taught at a private Christian school. And one of the very first assignments that was given to me as soon as I began was that I would be leading the PTF in Christian school. That's 
parent-teacher fellowship. And in, he, they also assigned me October was your month. And they even told me what I was going to teach about or lead on. And I had to lead why the school did not celebrate Halloween. Well, I had no idea. I was like, oh, you, you want me to do that? Can I give, can you? And they were like, yeah, we want you to. Um, you know, the more I researched, because I had no idea what this was, why they didn't, and what I had to figure out, and the more I researched the subject, the more I realized I had no idea. Um, Pastor Mark and I used to be in the thick of it. We were hosting parties, dressing up, until we learned. This day is celebrated. It's acknowledged. It's even honored by many people worldwide. But most people have little or no idea what this day means, what they are honoring, or where the traditions of Halloween came from. And scripture teaches us that without knowledge, the people of God are destroyed. Just like the day before Christmas, we know as Christmas Eve, the day before All Hallows Day is called Hallows Eve. And now we call it Hallows Ween. And I'll show you how those connected at some point. Um, Hallow means to make holy. And most of us are familiar with the word. You may not recognize it unless I put it back in the phrase where you learned it. And hallowed be thy name. And what we're saying is your, your name is holy, Lord, when we say that. And while most people are celebrating or at least acknowledging Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, most people, I would, get, I would just think, there's not going to be too many people in this room that are going to tell me that tomorrow they're celebrating All Hallows Day. No? No takers on that one, huh? But people will celebrate Hallows Eve. Um, All Hallows Day is now known in more modern language as All Saints Day. And All Saints Day is followed by All Souls Day. This is a three-day pagan-rooted holiday. It is celebrated for the purpose of acknowledging the dead. And it begins on Hallow's Eve when the call for dead spirits to come up into the land of the living is made. Y'all do that right? No. Uh, All Saints Day is dedicated to remembering those who have gone to heaven and to pray for them. But I just had to stop and be confused for a moment. Why are we praying for people in heaven? We want them to pray for us still here. And then All Souls Day, the next day, is to pray for the people who died. We're not sure they made it to heaven. I don't think our prayers are going to help them. So the root of this festival can be traced back to at least 1200 B.C. Let me explain that. That's 1200 years before Christ. 
That was a long time ago. And it was celebrated, uh, brought into uh, establishment by the Celtic people. The Celts were a collection of tribes who settled in an area that we now know as Western Europe and call Ireland, Great Britain, Spain, and France. That's the roots. The Celts would celebrate every quarter with a fire festival. And the festival that was in the fourth quarter was known as Sawin. Now, yeah, and, I, and there's, there's not an agreement on how this should be pronounced. It depends on who, but a lot of the people, I couldn't find anybody speaking Gaelic these days. But it is, in most places, pronounced Sawin, which then makes more sense about Halloween. Sawin marked the end of the harvest season and the beginning of the dark days of winter and a time to reflect on the dead. Sawin was considered the most significant of the four quarters of fire festivals. The ancient belief was that at Sawin, the veil between the world of the living and the realm of the dead was at its thinnest. And this would permit those contacts and communications to be greater in this time. Druids performed the rituals of Sawin. Druids were the members of the educated class of Celtic peoples. And they became and took on the roles of judges, priests, and teachers. They were also the mediators between those who were living and the gods. They would conjure up on Samhain, that is to call upon by means of a magical ritual. They would conjure up those who were dead to return to the world of the living and would also welcome the dark powers who were also in the underworld to manifest among them. Guess which day this fell on? It is always held on October 31st. That makes Saints Day November 1st, Souls Day November 2nd. The um, festival, Samhain, was a requirement to attend. You had to come because you had to present yourself to the current king or chieftain of the region in which you lived. But the festival was always the same in its rituals. During the festival of Samhain, Druids would light, and this was part of it, a large bonfire. Then, as part of the sacrifices, a large wickerwork image filled with living men was burned. Although Druids preferred to sacrifice criminals, if there weren't enough, innocent victims could be had. Some of the other rituals of this 
gruesome and frightful festival are still found in today's Halloween celebration, like trick-or-treat. Because the Celts believed that the barrier between the worlds of the living and dead was most breachable during Samhain, they would prepare cakes and sweet foods to appease the evil spirits. They also prepared the favorite fruit, food rather, and set an extra chair at the table for the departed relative that might cross over during this time. What's grandma's favorite food again? They would also disguise themselves with costumes as animals or monsters so that the wicked spirits roaming coming up from the underworld wouldn't recognize them and would not be tempted to beat, to kidnap, or to kill them. Later, this advanced in Ireland to mumming. Mumming became a ritual where the participants would put on their costumes and go door to door to sing to the dead. I know, I know my voice. If I'm singing, you think I'm singing to the dead, but it's not. But they would do that purposely, and then they would be paid with sweet cakes. Halloween pranks also have roots in Samhain. Although in that ancient festival, anything that happened that we would today call a trick or a prank was considered to have been done by the spirits roaming. So what about, let me just ask, carved pumpkins, what about that? We see, carving out a gore, like a turnip or a potato, and placing a piece of coal inside of it was a type of lantern so that the folks could see their way around in the dark. It's like a precursor to a flashlight. No batteries needed. But during Samhain, people made their own version of these lit gourds, and they would carve scary faces into the potato or the turnip or the large beet, whatever they had, and they would place them in the window or on the doorstep to scare off the wicked spirits that were allowed to roam at that time. Oh, he just stuck together. Imagine that. Centuries later, immigrants brought traditions with them when they came to America. And they soon found that the American pumpkin made the perfect jack-o'-lantern. So how has this pagan festival been able to last so long? Well, it began when Christianity was introduced to the Celtic world. And the conquerors, they thought the best way to deal with the people and their ways was just to incorporate it and blend them together. Incorporate theirs and give it a Christian name. You know, it's something like, well, I'll tell you in a moment. The first attempt to do this was actually not done until the 5th century by Pope Boniface. And he decided this, let's move it to May. So now it's not dark and all droopy and groomy. And he said, let's move it to May and declare it, we're going to still celebrate a day to, of the dead, the departed saints and martyrs. Let's, let's celebrate them. So dead were still fed and prayed for. However, 
that didn't stop the fire festivals in October and November, as hard as they tried. So in the 9th century, Pope Gregory moved the festival back to the time of the fire festivals, that would be October 31st, November 1st, and he called November 1st All Hallows Day, and All Saints Day would then be November 2nd, because the need to pray for the dead not in heaven was still needed. This is the thinking of the people, and if you want to say, boy, they're crazy, uh, hmm, October 1st became All Hallows Eve, which we now call Halloween, and thus was the attempt to incorporate pagan and Christian rituals together. In my opinion, this is like adding red paint to black paint to come up with green paint. It doesn't work. It seemed like a fun, harmless thing to do, dress up in costumes, eat sweets. When they came here, uh, the explosion happened in America as the Irish immigrants came and brought their Celtic practices with them. Harmless, right? And others eventually joined in. Little by little, it became a children's holiday. And after a while, the educated, clever people realized, hey, we can make money in this and lots of it. As a matter of fact, this year in America alone, participants of Halloween are expected to spend over $10 billion celebrating this festival. That's billion with a B. The popularity of Halloween is worldwide. And it is a, um, in one poll, it is considered to be the third favorite holiday. But in other polls, it's considered to be top, number one. So Halloween is celebrated today. How? Well, let me give you some ideas. The decor necessary to complete the ambiance of this festival will include carved out pumpkins, witches, broomsticks, hats, and cauldrons, black cats with haunched backs and nails protruding, large spiders, gargantuan webs draped over landscape, furniture, doorways, wrapped mummies, mounds of dirt in the front yard with a grave marker, and possibly an empty hole exhibiting the dead having come back. And of course, death himself. No face, just a black hooded cape with a sickle in his hand. Any, in other words, anything ghoulish, demonic, wicked, evil is part of the festival's appeal. Free candy? Dress up in crazy costumes? It's fun. Or is it? See, once you realize, and I know what that school had me do this, <laughs> I had the opportunity and great pleasure to speak to a man just this past week. And he shared with me that in his country where he grew up, 
the country shuts down all children's activities on Halloween, including school. It's shut down because it is such a danger to children. He said that when he came to America, he was surprised that Halloween was known as a day of frolic and fun, while in his country, it was a day of dread. Now, there are some churches who embrace Halloween and its combination of paganism and Christianity and money and try to Christian it up more by calling it different names or putting boundaries on what costumes you can wear. And there are other churches who won't celebrate Halloween at all because of its pagan origins and its association with witchcraft. I wouldn't go into the witches and the reason that they fly brooms and all of that because there's children in here. It's that macabre. Um, my purpose in standing up here and facing you when I know there's loads of really good food that we're going to be eating in just a minute, and I promise, Pastor, this is going to be short. My purpose is to give you the knowledge that you may decide what your stand will be with this festival. And so that it may not be said that because of the lack of knowledge, you perished. One question that's often asked of us is, what does Life Fellowship stand on Halloween? It's a day filled with mysticism and spirituality. Isn't that good? Well, we acknowledge this. This is the day the Lord has made. And greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. But the enemy of our soul comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Our honor, our worship, our obedience... Our devotion is to the Lord and to him only. So today, we pray. We pray for safety. We pray against the powers and principalities, and they're real, who would cause chaos and harm. We pray that the light of the world, Jesus, would be seen and known through us. My prayer for you is that you will hear and trust Holy Spirit to guide you. And I've asked Pastor Mark to please return and lead us in prayer. Will you please join us, all of you? Thank you, Ben. Um, before we pray, I, I want to share, just to, here, you want to take this, please? Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I want to share a couple of scriptures. In 2 Corinthians 6, 14 and 15, it says, Don't team up with those who are unbelievers, how can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? Verse 15 continues, how can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? Ephesians 5, 10, and 11 says, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. And so, you know, whenever you come here, you're going to get the word. And uh, I know this was a different teaching today, but, and I'm sorry, I probably ruined some of your Halloweens. <laughs> but when we heard this teaching, we realized the background of what was going on. And, and as Pastor Christine mentioned, the word says that we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness in the heavenly places. 
And Jesus, uh, in John 10, 10, she quoted as well, that Jesus said the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you would have abundant life. And so the worldly culture that we live in doesn't understand the spiritual warfare that takes place. And this was a PG teaching because there were some other things that she could have gone into to uh, share what some of the things that happened on Halloween uh, and some of the background on that, but it was a little too graphic for this morning. But, you know, we've been asked, well, and, well let me say it this way. We all, as Christians, we, we're having to stand up and, and make determinations. Are, are we going to compromise? Are we going to walk in this direction? Are we going to, you know, straddle the fence or whatever? And, and there's been a lot of pressure on churches, I think, on us to celebrate Halloween. And there, you know, a lot of churches have fall festivals and things like that. They call it different names. But we don't want to participate with anything that is associated with evil. The word says avoid even the appearance of evil. And, you know, and so uh, we've, we've really prayed about this. And we feel like that we are to not participate in Halloween. Now, what you do with your family, that's up to you. But once you have the information, it should cause you to think about what you're celebrating and what we're teaching our children. And, you know, uh, you know I've heard pastors say, well, trunk or treat, let's do trunk or treat because the kids are going to be out anyway. And so we can have them come to a fall festival and we can give them candy and all that. But still, I think that is compromising personally. It's still contributing. It's still participating in something that we know is based and founded in evil and wickedness. And so that's our stance, is that we're going to avoid even the appearance of evil. Listen, if, if it's all about candy, just go buy your kids some candy. <laughs> you know? But there's more to it. And uh, so uh, we didn't go into a lot of depth here. And, uh, you know, everybody has to make their own decisions on what, how they're going to lead their family and what they're going to participate in. But uh, like the scripture uh, PC shared, we... Men perish for lack of knowledge and understanding. And if we know the truth, then we can make the, the better decisions and refrain from embracing wicked and evil. First Thessalonians 5.22 says, stay away from every kind of evil. So if we know something's evil, we should stay away from it. And uh, I'm sorry if I'm stepping on some toes here today, but this, this series is about us becoming mature believers Let's live this thing out. If, if we say we're followers of Christ, if we say we're Christian, then let's live like it. Let's act like it. And let's refrain from some of the things that the world embraces and say, no, I'm taking a stand. And again, I'm not telling you what to do. Uh, I'm just, we're just presenting the truth. We're presenting the word to you, and then the choice is up to you. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Um, whenever we have a service on Sunday, we always give people the opportunity to receive Christ. Maybe you had a relationship with him at one point in time and you've walked away, or maybe you've never had a relationship with him. If that's you, would you slip up your hand and catch my eye? Anybody here this morning? Maybe you want to give your heart to the Lord. There's no shame in that. Anybody here? Maybe you're watching online and you'd say, that's me. Just pray this prayer. Just say, dear Jesus. I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I receive your grace, your mercy, your forgiveness. And I thank you that all my sins are washed away, covered by the blood of Christ. 
and I receive you today in my life. And I thank you for this new beginning. I thank you for this fresh start. In Jesus' name. And I want to pray one more prayer for you that those of you that pray this prayer, Lord God, I pray for the baptism of the fire of the Holy Spirit to wash over each and every one that prayed that prayer. That as they read your word, your word would come alive. As they spend time in prayer, their sensitivity to your Holy Spirit would increase and they would hear your small, still voice speaking to their hearts and that they would receive everything that you have for them. And we thank you for this. In Jesus' name. I, I want to do something a little bit different also this morning. Uh, there have been many of us that have done things out of ignorance or out of uh, uh, unintentional, maybe intentional, maybe unintentional. And uh, when we talk about spiritual warfare, when we talk about the enemy coming to steal, kill, and destroy, he, he's serious about it. And uh, although we may not see, physically see with our eyes, we can see the results of the lives being destroyed. And maybe, maybe when you were growing up, maybe you played with a Ouija board, or maybe you've been to a seance, or maybe you've called the 1-800-PSYCHIC number, maybe you've messed around with tarot cards, maybe you've had somebody read your palm, maybe you've done some of these things. And what happens when we, when we engage in those kinds of things, we open up some doors that are never supposed to be open in our lives. And so I want to do something a little different today. I, I, want, I want to pray for you, and uh, if, if, that's, if you've opened up some doors, just, just tell the Lord that you want to close those doors. You can tell him that. And, and let me just pray with you. If you just bow your heads and close your eyes, Lord God, I lift up every person here. This morning, I lift up every person watching online. Some of us have done some foolish things just out of ignorance, Lord God. We didn't know. We didn't know the ramifications of opening some of these doors. And so, Lord God, I pray that you would break off anything that would uh, try to, to attach itself to any of us, Lord God. That any doors that have been opened up that are not godly, but have opened up doors for the enemy to come into lives, Lord God, that you would close those and seal those and that you would bring restoration and healing. Lord God, I pray that you break every curse over every individual that's been spoken. I pray that you break every curse over every family, over every ancestral line, Lord God, that's ever been put into place, Lord God. We ask that you curse that curse, Lord God, that you break that curse off of people. Jesus, you came to set people free. And even in our ignorance, sometimes we don't know what we're doing when we open up doors that, that we're not supposed to go through. So, Lord God, if, if any of us here have done those things, we ask to repent. Lord, we ask for forgiveness. We say we're sorry, Lord God. Because even if, if, we're, if we're speeding and, and we didn't know we were speeding, we still get a ticket. And so, Lord God, sometimes we can open up doors unknowing and, and in, uh, maybe unintentional, maybe in innocence. But, Lord God, there are consequences for those things. And so, Lord God, we ask that you would bring health and healing and wholeness to people's lives and that any doors that have been opened would be purged and closed. And if we've done anything to open those doors knowingly, Lord God, we, we repent. We, we say we're sorry. And we know that when we repent, your mercy and grace is greater than our sin, whatever that may be. And we thank you for the restoration 
And Lord God, I pray your blessings and your favor over every person. And uh, Lord God, we ask that you rebuke the enemy from the things that he would try to do to cause destruction. And so, Lord, we pray this prayer, not with just words, but with an expectation that you will do exceedingly, abundantly more than we could ever ask or think according to your purpose and plan for our lives. And we give you praise and glory and honor and thanks. We hope today's message encouraged you. For more information about our church, please visit our website, lifefellowship.me. We invite you to join us again next week for another life-changing, uplifting message. And remember to live it.